All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation Welcome in, footballers, football family, to another edition of your box score breakdown. As always, it is your host, David Bracey, alongside with me, a very special co-host, guest host, recurring host, Mr. Brad Harden. How are you on a Sunday today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I would do better, but we'll talk about that a little later. But it's always great to be here on the box score with you, David. Well, as always, it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, you know, uh, uh, this has been a pretty peaceful Sunday for most of us, but uh, unfortunately, you being a Pelicans fan, I know it hasn't been the most peaceful for you. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and open up the episode and let you air your grievances real quick. The New Orleans Pelicans, for those of you who are unaware, lost to the San Antonio Spurs early this afternoon. Uh, DeMar DeRozan gave him that whole 15 piece in the fourth quarter, and it is looking like the Pelicans are going to be SOL when it comes to making the playoffs. 
Brad, as a lifelong fan, I'm sure you have some words on this, but from an analytical perspective, from the perspective of somebody who is a quote-unquote student of the game, as it were, um, what are your thoughts about where the Pelicans should be mentally as far as their performance went today against the Spurs and what could have been a crucial win to secure their playoff hopes or at least keep the hopes for playoffs alive? Um, What did you think of the performance and what do you think are the next steps for them as an organization, not only in the bubble, but going forward? So I know one of the things that I kept seeing as a uh, spectator of the game, as you would say, especially for uh, my Pelicans, um, was just the lack of urgency. It seems like to start off games. It seemed like a lot of the games as of late, the Pelicans started off very slow as far as with their defensive rotations, communicating on defense, um, allowing for a lot of easy buckets at the rim. Um, not closing out on shooters. Uh, So uh, the defensive woes continued and was ultimately their downfall. They um, fell behind the eight ball early um, in this game today against the Spurs, a nationally televised game, which I was hoping to see um, a sense of fight, a sense of urgency to make the eight seed. But I know that there's been a lot of speculation as to do the Pelicans even want to be in the playoffs and by their body language and some of the um, efforts uh, seen in the last couple of games at times, it seems like the only people who want to be in the playoffs were J.J. Redick with his streak, keeping that going um, after having a 31-point uh, performance today and hitting eight threes. So it wasn't him. Um, he was also creating for others. Uh, Zion did look a little um, hobbled at times um, on the court, and I think just having – B.I. off the court at times um, allows for him to get cold, but he did try to get it going um, in the fourth quarter along with Drew Holiday, but it was just a little too late. Um, Like you said, the uh, run from DeMar DeRozan um, with the 50-point performance in the fourth quarter really put us out of contention. So um, to end that, a lot of the current songs um, that are going to be in rotation after the Pelicans were officially eliminated from playoff contention, um, the top two right now is All Falls Down by Kanye West and Why by J.D. Kiss. Um, But the future is still bright for them, um, even though it is a um, disappointing uh, exhibition of games the last couple of games from them. I was happy they got the win on Friday. uh, But to to come out on Saturday, I mean, here on Sunday today and fall short uh, was very disappointing as a fan. But the future is still bright. It gives the team a chance to get some well-deserved R&R, continue to develop their skills in the offseason and, and see what moves need to be made. Um, I know the fire gentry uh, campaign is growing louder and louder, um, especially um, as all eyes were on them at, on the, at the bubble to, um, for the restart. So it's going to be very interesting to see them going forward with decisions they make uh, to continue to make a playoff team here in New Orleans. Yeah, um, yeah. To your point, I definitely think that they they show flashes of of true potential, and it's definitely not a question of talent. It it is a question of effort, and on a night in night out basis, you can't really guarantee you're going to get the same level of play from a lot of the guys who they really are going to be leaning on, especially in crucial games. Uh, and that kind of showed up today. I mean, Zion Williamson had 25 points and seven rebounds, but I mean, he was negative 21 as far as his plus minus goes. The the Pelicans have some really serious questions to ask themselves as far as where their defensive principles lie and I think overall the more in tune they get with a defensive identity for that team the more the other facets of that organization and what they hope to get out of that roster are going to kind of take shape so I mean I guess we'll see uh I I guess we'll kind of see here not to 
not to open it all up with a bunch of negativity. You know, I mean, this is just a game that's fresh on our minds. Of course, we just finished watching this game, I'm sure. Um, a lot of us have been watching the game. It's pretty much the only thing going on right now. But with there being so much exposure on the bubble, there's definitely a lot of good things. And I have to give the NBA a lot of credit here and kind of tip my cap to them. Um, I really, really love how they have engaged not only all of us as fans uh, with the ability to kind of, you know, not only tune in all these games um, at all hours of the day on all kinds of platforms and networks, but also in the ability to, uh, you know, kind of interact with these players um, to possibly stream in and be a part of the virtual crowd. And then in turn, how they are kind of making it more of a fun experience for the guys in the bubble who are isolated from all their friends and family, their loved ones who are completely out of the, you know, giant, almost kind of like gladiator stadium type of feel they get every single time they would go out there and suit up and play these games. Um, and the, the NBA has done a really good job with all the state of the art technology as far as incorporating crowd noise and the simulation of, you know, not only the virtual fans, but also the cut shots from actual stadium footage of, of fans during the regular season, incorporating that in um, the music has been good. It's been engaging. It's been current. You know, I think all of us can relate to going to some kind of game whether it was in high school or in college, those of us who played collegiate athletics and hearing the home team's music and wondering, well, not even wondering, just knowing this ain't it. And I think the NBA's done a good job, but I mean, most of us have 2K, so we knew that they were going to be playing some pretty good songs. Uh, but also, as far as the atmosphere, there was a lot of questions about what the atmosphere was going to be like in the bubble, what that was going to do as far as the possibility of it lessening the competitive nature of these games. Um, and I think it hasn't at all. I think, if anything, maybe it's even elevated it a little bit. Um, you can compare it to, similarly, AAU-style play, where a lot of these guys really grew up. Their upbringings, their foundations, as far as competitive basketball really goes, and that high level of exposure, this is similar to that. I mean, you have fans in the crowd who aren't fans. They're other guys. You know, they're, they're cheering, they're jeering, they're doing whatever. You saw it the other day against the the Clippers and the, uh, the, um, the Trailblazers, you know, so guys are really, really getting involved, whether they're in the game on the bench or just in the crowd for those that actually go to the games and watch. Uh, and I think that's, that's really, really cool. And I guess the biggest, the biggest credit we have to give to the NBA is, I mean, for no other reason, they've kept cases to an absolute minimum. I mean, the few people who did test positive were immediately isolated. Uh, the handful of uh, several of them, I guess, were asymptomatic. I know Bledsoe was so, and he's been back on the court now looking good. So, so far, so good. They've had a couple injuries, but not a whole lot. I know there was a lot of questions about that um, as far as the, the layoff period and what that might do to the propensity for injury. Uh, but it doesn't seem like it so far. Knock on whatever wood you have available. Um, let's hope that neither one of those factors change. So, I mean, as far as that goes, I've been really, really impressed with the NBA and what they've been doing. Yeah, it's been a wonderful product, definitely uh, to see. It's been very competitive. Um, I've been really enjoying seeing some of the players that weren't big names uh, in the regular season before the restart really come to fruition, like a Gary Trent. Um, obviously, we know the scoring prowess at TJ Warren, but he's playing phenomenal, um, and as well as a couple of other players who have taken advantage of the bubble to kind of you know, make a name for themselves, whether they're playing for a spot on the roster for the next year with the current team or playing for other teams. So it's been a great audition process. Um, as you mentioned, it's been very, very competitive, a lot of jaw jacking and with not, a lot as much uh, noise in the gym and the, which you're playing in, you can hear some of the trash talk. Um, 
I know Doris Burke on the ESPN broadcast always talked about how, you know, Chris Paul doesn't stop talking. And we have the luxury of hearing some of the things that he says. I know when they played the Lakers, he was drawing back and forth with LeBron, obviously being in the banana boat crew with him. And just just seeing the competitive nature really come out, whether they're teams like the Lakers who have secured a spot um, in the playoffs as a number one seed or if they're fighting for a playoff push like the Phoenix Suns, like the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers. Uh, so it's just wonderful basketball that we've been able to see um, all throughout the day, whether you're at work or not. It's been a blessing to have uh, league pass and just throw it on while I am working from home, um, just like a lot of people are. So hats off to the NBA. They've done a really good job of keeping the players safe. Um, Continue to push, uh, push for uh, social activism, especially the Black Lives Matter movement, and continue to push those narratives along um, with the platform given. So it's just been really great to see the camaraderie of all the players come together for one uh, common cause, as well as the coaches um, in their individual um, franchises as well. Uh, so hats off to the NBA. I know we had our reservations going in, but you guys have really put something special out. Uh, That's why you are the best league in the world in our opinion, uh, and you're doing much better than Major League Baseball. So with that, uh, we'll segue on to the next topic. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely right about the, uh, the point on MLB Baseball. And, I mean, I think, to again, to your point, the NBA has done a really, really good job. Uh, you got to give them credit right now. They are the front runner, you know, the kind of the trendsetter when it comes to innovation and what sports are going to look like probably for – for a little bit here we'll see um speaking of sports this will be a great time for me to tell you guys all about my bookie my bookie my bookie my bookie my bookie say it with me now sports are back baby i've been waiting for this day forever i mean and now we've got more and more and more and more games the playoffs are getting closer and closer we're less than a week out and oh doesn't it feel great that's why i'm here to tell you about my bookie it is a home run slam dunk triple overtime game winning shot all wrapped up into one i love it you love it. And honestly, that should be all you need to hear from me right now. So go ahead and just start betting. Okay, fine. I'll tell you a little bit more. So my bookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all of your favorite teams. And with the start of the NBA bubble season and the playoffs just around the corner, there's no better time to start playing. With my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Probably not feeling too great about your MLB team's chances this year, but maybe you are about your NBA teams. Check out my bookie's. NBA betting, their World Series future betting, nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun or before the playoffs have even started, okay? Because you know where your allegiances lie. So go ahead, throw some money in the pot and make some money for yourself, okay? But why stop with baseball or basketball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future. And in this case, that means hockey and football's right around the corner. My bookie is already accepting bets on all of your favorite teams and all of your favorite games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today, and my bookie will match your deposit 100%. You heard me right, 100%. Plus, I'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter promo code HOOPBALL when signing up. That's promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. All right, I want to open it up here with... Just a couple of thoughts, I guess. A couple, a couple of things I've been, a couple of things I've been watching. A couple of things I've been thinking as far as the narratives are going in the East. Uh, we've had a lot of games so far. We've gotten to see guys back on the court. Teams are starting to round back up into shape here. Um, very, very interesting. I mean, I think clear cut. Milwaukee is 
you know, the favorite to come out of the East. I think they've had some scares lately, especially last night, not necessarily the most confident performance from them. But still, I think we all like them in a series against anybody else. Uh, the Raptors have been looking incredible, uh, but the Celtics put the whooping on them the other night. So I think that they're kind of going to be jockeying for who people think is going to be that quote unquote dark horse to come out of the East after Milwaukee. And, you know, Philadelphia, I think, unfortunately, they're out of the mix, in my personal opinion. They have a good test today going up against the Blazers right now in the first quarter. Uh, pretty close game. Uh, so we'll see what that ends up looking like. But the East is very, very interesting right now, as is the West. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the West is more interesting at the bottom, where here, as I think the East is more interesting at the top. Uh, so why don't we start from the top to the bottom? Milwaukee, for those of you who are watching, uh, lost last night to the Dallas Mavericks in overtime. Uh, again, again, Milwaukee was exposed to three-point shooting. Um, something that they have kind of prided themselves in being better at, regardless of all of the analytical kind of perspectives and and statistical analysis in regards to teams that historically give up that many three-pointers and the ability to succeed and win at a high level. They kind of take pride in the fact that they don't fit that mold. Um, as far as a team that has kind of dared other teams to take those threes um, throughout the whole season and this is nothing new, uh, especially not for a team coached by Mike Budenholzer. This is a philosophy that he's bought into for a long time. A lot of us probably remember when the Atlanta Hawks were really roaring through the NBA. Uh, very, very similar. Uh, and it didn't end up working out for him. Now did it. We all remember what LeBron did to them season after season after season. Brad, I mean, you got family in Atlanta. I'm sure that they remember that. Uh, there's a reason why that Atlanta team doesn't exist anymore. There's a reason why Mike Budenholzer is not in Atlanta. Uh, and it's because that, that philosophy – clearly didn't work um during the regular season Giannis had less less than five games that he played over 36 minutes i believe dame lillard had around 42 games where he played over 36 minutes again different situation you know the portland trailblazers clearly lean more heavily on damian lillard on a night in night out basis to win over anybody else on that team and that's no shot to CJ or any of those other boys, you know. It's just a different type of game. We're talking about a different type of situation here. I think everybody can appreciate that. But, I mean, that says something. That says something. Last night, late in the game, you saw Giannis was getting tired. Late in the game, you saw the Bucks were slipping. They were allowing Luka over and over again to do whatever he wanted to do. And you saw Giannis essentially kind of run out of moves you know he kind of ran out of things to do to the Mavericks yeah he can dunk yeah he can go around you but when he can't go around you and when the rim's too far away for him to dunk there's some serious questions about what he's going to do to win the game down the stretch and again this is not a knock on his game I think very comparatively you saw the same struggle that LeBron James went through at the end of his tenure with the Cavs in the 0-9-0-10 the first go around Um, and that's coming off of back-to-back MVP seasons regular season MVP seasons LeBron did not really have a go-to move. And in late in games, in high-pressure games, teams put him in positions where he ultimately would fail. They put the pressure on him because they knew that outside of him, there really wasn't anybody else who's going to make this type of play. So I have a lot of thoughts about the Bucks. You know, I still think they're my favorite to come out of the East. Don't get me wrong about that. I, I, I have a lot of confidence. I think Giannis is different. He's my favorite to get MVP. But in the seven-game series, I mean, especially against a team like the Raptors, 
I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Brad, Brad, what are you, what are your, what are your thoughts about the, about the Milwaukee Bucks? So I agree to your point, especially about Giannis. Uh, he ended up uh, fouling out last night, which did not help his team um, in overtime um, to uh, pull out that win. Uh, but like you said, it seems like he is running out of moves, driving to the hoop. Everybody knows that when you see him coming uh, down the court, he's driving into the lane. Uh, you either got to get in front of him and, and take a charge um, and try to get a foul call, which uh, Dor- uh, Finney Smith did a great job of yesterday and what other teams have been doing with putting length and putting bodies in front of him. Uh, but just to, but him being young and Giannis will continue to grow um, if, you know, he continues to trend like he has in past years. I expect him to continue to work on his three-point shot and as well as to add a couple of moves um, to help him finish more around the rim um, than he already has. Because obviously with his size and length, he's going to finish at the rim almost at will. But when you put a bunch of bodies out, um, in front of him, can you work on another move, a counter move uh, against that defense to get you a look at the rim or at least get to the foul line? Um, and can your uh, teammates continue to hit hit those threes? Because like you said, they give up a lot of threes, but their defense, their offense is predicated on hitting a lot of those three-point shots. And I think the addition of uh, Bledsoe coming back will help on the defensive end and obviously have another ball handler uh, to take some responsibilities, you know, out of Giannis's hand and continue to... Because I know with Mike Budenholzer's offense, they have... They love to move the ball. So that will help with more ball movement. Having uh, Bledsoe, who is a threat to score as well, back. And to your point, uh, it, with the Atlanta teams in the past... Uh, Budenholzer didn't have a Giannis on that team. That uh, he didn't have a MVP caliber player on the team. He had a bunch of All Stars, which led to team success, especially regular season success for that Hawks team uh, with Millsap, with Corver, and the other players on the team. Teague was a point guard on that team as well. So good team in Atlanta, but this is a different team in Milwaukee. You have an MVP player. Uh, you still have Middleton, who's been playing fantastic. Um, as the bubble's been starting, um, had a, I think, 33-point performance uh, the other day um, and another good game against Dallas as well. So he continues to be consistent for them. And with Blesso back, um, it will uh, give, you know, better opportunities for uh, DiVincenzo, uh, George Hill, those other guards to, you know, give, you know, more open shots and continue to open up and create for those big men, um, the Lopez twins uh, hitting threes and as well as doing their damage in the post. Uh, so I still have confidence in them. I know if you were get, we were talked about offline doing a confidence rating for each of the teams winning the NBA uh, finals this year. Uh, my confidence rating right now out of 10 for the Bucks is at 8.5. Um, they still have a very favorable matchup. Uh, Orlando has pretty much locked the eight seed. I have foresee see them taking care of Orlando early. And then their next matchup um, as of right now will be either Miami or Indiana. Uh, the Heat are two and one against the Bucks this year. Uh, but obviously the playoffs is a different story. Um, and, um, you know, the environment they're at and then at the bubble, we'll see what happens. There's no home court advantage, uh, no travel. So I'm very interested to see that matchup if that happens. And then on the other side, if they will happen to play Indiana, if Indiana were to beat uh, the Heat, uh, they are one in three versus the Pacers this year. Um, I'm sorry, the Pacers are one in three versus Milwaukee this year. Uh, so it's a very favorable path to start off. Miami could be tough if that is the team that uh, ends up winning um, if they play them in the second round. But still, like you said, going against the Toronto, going against 
uh, Boston Celtics team who could give them fits and have bodies to throw at them can make things very interesting in the East. So uh, Milwaukee's still my favorite in the East, um, like we said, but like you said, those other dark horses, the Torontos, who obviously the reigning champs and have looked great in the bubble, and Boston, who has looked great in the bubble as well, will have something to say about it down the stretch. Yeah, and and I, you know, I don't even think it's necessarily fair to say Toronto's a dark horse. You know, I think that based on their regular season play, based on their play up until the break, and even in the bubble here, they have played like a title contender, like somebody who is a defending champion, and they and they continue to impress. But definitely Miami, you know, I would consider them not a necessarily dark horse to win a championship because I don't think they have the requisite personnel, but they have some guys to. To, to to give people to steal your saying fits out there. Um, you know, they have a lot of very versatile guys that went out and they got Jay Crowder. They went out and they got Andre Iguodala before the deadline. They got Jimmy Butler. They got a lot of these big switchable versatile wings. They got guys like Duncan Robinson. They got Tyler Hero. They got these rangy guys who are popcorn shooters who can fill it up in a hurry, you know, and, and quickly erase what could be a 10, 15 point deficit just by a couple good shots in a row. So they have guys and then don't even get me started on Bam and a bio. I mean, I can fan over him all day long. You know, I mean, <laughs> he's, a, he's a UK wildcat. So, I mean, that's really all you got to say. Oh God. As far as oh, I'm Lord. Concerned, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that offline, you know, but out um, of bio and his, and his performance this season, it's his development. It's his continual ascension uh, as an NBA player, as a young, uh, as a young star in this league is really impressive. And he's a guy who I think matches up, not perfectly with Giannis because I don't think that that player exists. Um, but he matches up very well with Giannis as far as being a big, athletic, versatile guy who can get out there on the wing and guard him and also bang with him down low. So interesting to see where teams are drawn as far as the playoff picture. Uh, and I mean, I would definitely love to see uh, Milwaukee, Miami second round playoff series. I mean, the more competitive yeah, basketball, I- the better. Yes, and to, and to add to your point, the thing that I love to see about Miami, um, you talk about Bam getting better and better on the offensive end, um, being a threat, passing the ball, being a uh, playmaker, as well as getting rebounds and scoring. You have Jimmy Butler, you have the shooters in Hero and Duncan Robinson, and then you have Dragic off the bench. You have a lot of people who can shoot threes and can create their own shots. But I love to buy in on a defensive end that is expected of you when you play in the Miami Heat organization. Obviously, set the tone by Pat Riley and obviously Eric Spolstra uh, through the years. The, how they play defense and their attention to detail, which is something that I wish the Pelicans had, I love seeing in Miami. I love how bought in they are. I love how hard they play. And how they how hard they play on a defensive end, I think, is the reason why they are 2-1 versus the Bucks this year, uh, which we see if you put the right defensive fit against Milwaukee that Milwaukee can falter. And I know in the bubble, I know we have reports about, you know, the Rockets sharing information about, Hey, how to, how to guard the Bucks, And maybe that is circulating and maybe, you know, the league is trying to, is figuring it out. So this is a time where teams will continue to do what they do best, find the rotations, getting rhythm, going into the playoffs in Milwaukee. This is a wonderful time to go to the drawing board and see what these teams are doing and try to find a counter leading into the playoffs. And obviously you have ample amount of time focusing on whoever your playoff matchup is to figure out how to win that individual series and hopefully work around some of those things that they have been doing to cause fits on the uh, offensive end for Milwaukee. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, Miami is looking a lot better right now than, than the team that's currently playing. I think this is a good time to segue into our next team, the 76ers. As Embiid heads to the locker room right now, it looks like a potential ankle injury. Hopefully nothing serious, but he did go back. So we'll see how that develops. Uh, the 76ers, they do not have that strength of culture that the Miami Heat have with leadership like Mickey Harrison and Pat Riley. Um, they are... They're a team that on a night-in-night-out basis, more so than I think a lot of teams, uh, you really do not know who you're going to get and you do not know who you're going to get it from. Uh, with the loss of Ben Simmons, that I mean, that's devastating. He, he's he's out of the bubble. He's undergoing that surgery, uh, something like something along the lines of removing some loose bodies in his knee. I'm not a medical professional. I'm not going to pretend like I'm one. So if you want more information on that diagnosis, I suggest you go on WebMD or at a bare minimum of Google. Uh, you'll be able to find something. But, yeah, the loss of Ben Simmons is devastating for their playoff hopes for any kind of contending chances that they had. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that flew right out the window. Shea has been playing very, very well. Not going to say I have a whole lot of confidence in him as a primary ball handler during the playoffs. Al Horford is a great player, but, again, he's a guy who I think we can all agree is beyond the twilight of his year. Not to take anything away from Al Horford. Very good player still, but to depend on both Al Horford and Joel Embiid in a playoff series in the modern-day NBA that is entirely not um, big-man-oriented as far as offensives go. Uh, I just don't have a whole lot of stock in that, and I cannot stress enough, the loss of Ben Simmons is so devastating because not only do you lose your primary playmaking guard, but you lose all true defensive pressure on the wing. Again, not taking any way, anything away from Shape or Josh Richardson um, or Tobias Harris, who may or may not have the ability to play defense when he does or does not want to. However, Ben Simmons was an elite defender. He, this is a guy who year after year is in the top guys leading the league in steals. I mean, he is a big switchable guard. He's way bigger than most guards. He's big enough to bang with a lot of posts. I, I cannot state enough how devastating that is for the Philadelphia 76 or so. As far as that goes, Embiid, prove me wrong. You know, go out there, play like the top five guys that I believe you could be. But you got to do two things. You got to stay healthy and you got to play the whole game. Because at this point, that's the only way that they're going to go anywhere in the playoffs. And I know for me coming into the year, uh, I love Embiid. I think he has the the prowess, the, physic, the, the physical traits, and the skill to be the most dominant five in the league, like you said. But I need I needed for him, if it was a normal year, to play more than 65 games. That's something that a threshold that he really hasn't crossed because of conditioning and injuries and whatnot. And now that he has to carry the load with Ben Simmons out in, as you said on air, that he looked like he went to the locker with an apparent ankle injury. My confidence rating was at a 5.4 out of 10 for them. As far as Philly winning it all, it literally dropped one, one whole point. So I'm back down to 4.4. Um, like you said, you know, Horford is past his prime. Um, I do like Thibault. I do like uh, what Shake Milton has done. Um, and they have some young players that are promising, but for where they are in the quote-unquote process, if you're trusting it, you don't need promising, you need proven. And with your one proven, you know, perimeter defender and playmaker and Ben Simmons being out, your one proven all-star five uh, who could be in and out of your lineup. Um, he has played great in the bubble, but like you said, leaving with an ankle injury, he's still injury prone. Uh, it's just a lot of question marks. 
on across the board when it comes to Philly. I'm not a fan of Brent Brown. I think his time um, has unfortunately expired. I think it will expire this year. Uh, so it's, it's almost like a broken record. Uh, we've we've thrown out trust the process because we want to see results now. The process is done. And if we're looking at the results, um, especially in recent history, right now Philly's sitting at the sixth seed. They would play Boston in the first round. Now, they are 3-1 and one against the Celtics this year, but the Celtics have owned them as of late um, in the playoffs, with Boston since 2010 going 8-4 against Philadelphia in the playoffs, including the semifinals in 2018. So, regardless, you know, how they figure out what their rotations are, who's going to be healthy, who's going to be their lineups in the playoffs, you're running into a buzzsaw in a team that's playing very, very well in the Boston Celtics first round. I don't have a lot of confidence uh, which means bye-bye Brent Brown. Uh, hopefully, I hope for a very speedy recovery for the former LSU Tiger, even though it was a one-year trial in Ben Simmons. But there's still a lot of questions to be uh, answered. And Elton Brand um, the, is the GM in charge to make decisions uh, going forward as to what is going to push Philly over the hump. Because we thought it was going to be this this year with the additions that they had, like you said, of Horford. Uh, and then you you coaxed you know, Tobias Harris back. And obviously, Jimmy Butler exits, and now he's in Miami. Uh, you thought that this was going to be it, but they have continually been very disappointing. I, I thought they were going to be better than the sixth seed. So their current predicament, they can only blame themselves, and that reflects on my confidence rating of them. So I'm not expecting big things um, out of Philly this year, unfortunately. Yeah, and it is unfortunate because you definitely look for them to take another step this season. Um, and I think in some ways they did. You know, I think there's there's some things that – the 76ers can definitely be proud of that they accomplished. Um, but like you said, there's still a lot of work to do. So we'll, we'll see what they do in the playoffs. Uh, they got a game today against the Blazers, so we'll see how that goes. Um, depending on the outcome of that game, the confidence meter may just continue to shoot down for them. Or, hey, maybe Embiid gets back into the game, plays well, drops a 50-burger, and everybody starts betting on the Sixers. But, again, I doubt it. So, shifting gears to the Western Conference, I guess from the East, we went top to bottom. Let's go bottom to top over here. Portland Trail Blazers, one of the most talked about teams right now in the bubble. Very, very interesting. Unfortunately, we all lost yesterday to the LA Clippers, 122 to 117. Um, but the story was not the final score as much as it was what happened after the game. Um, also, I guess to close out the game, you know, Dame is known for. Big time plays. There's a reason they call him Video Game Dame. Okay, check your wristwatch. It's Dame time if you didn't know. I mean, it's a very real thing. And late in the game, when he had two free throws to, to seal the win for the Blazers, he not only missed one, but he missed both. Much to the chagrin, not chagrin, much to the delight, the the absolute pleasure, the the jubilation, the, 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 the pure ecstasy of Patrick Beverly and the L.A. Clippers, who... We're more than happy to imitate the signature Dame wave as well as the Dame check your wristwatch motion during the Blazers' uh, ultimate defeat to the Clippers. Uh, afterwards, that taunting carried over to Instagram where a series of, tw- uh, not tweets, but a series of comments were exchanged between Paul George, Patrick Beverly, and Damian Lillard, which essentially can be summed up to be saying the... Clippers said, uh, you're not going to do that here, Dame. It's not Dame time no more. 
Patrick Beverly said, have a good summer in Cancun. And Damian Lillard, old Paul George, he can't wait to see what team he goes to next. Uh, so the drama is real, and we know that Dame can ball. So I'm very, very excited to see what he continues to do in the bubble with some fire under his belly with, with the potential of them getting that play in game by securing that ninth spot uh, and definitely having a very favorable matchup against the against the Memphis Grizzlies, who I think with the loss of JJJ uh, really are not going to have the requisite personnel to to be able to beat um, really any of the any of their potential first round first round matchups here. Um, but in regards to the uh, the Blazers, I mean, Dame unfortunately didn't have a great game the other night, but eleventh. He, he has been in fuego. CJ's looked, CJ has looked money. Uh, Mello has looked rejuvenated. He's looked great out there. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. has been a nice surprise. Nurkic and Collins being back has been a huge lift to that team on both ends of the court. Uh, so I definitely, I really, really like the, the Portland Trailblazers right now. And I've definitely given them the competitive edge uh, over the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, I don't know how much I necessarily love that potential first round matchup with the Lakers. However, I think that they have the potential to give the Lakers a really a really good run for their money and what could ultimately end up being a seven-game series. I would say at a minimum it's going to go five. You know, you think the Blazers are at least going to get one good win out of there. Um, so there's there's some questions, though. I mean, you know, you wonder, is Melo the, the wing defender that you need against a guy like LeBron James? Uh, Probably not. I mean, they have only gone against each other once in the playoffs. Um, and that was when Melo was on the Knicks and LeBron was on the Heat. Uh, we know how that series probably went because for me to talk about the Knicks being in the playoffs, we know that that was a long, long time ago, folks. So we're not even going to go down that road. But in regards to the questions around that personnel, Gary Trent Jr. has been playing really, really well, is relatively unproven. Do we have a lot of faith in his ability to help them win high-level games here as a playoffs uh, really begin. I mean, th- that I think that's a reasonable question. But what do you what do you think about Gershon Jr.? I mean, do you, do you think he do you think he has what it takes? You do you have confidence in Melo as a wing defender? Where, where your th- where where do your allegiances lie with the Blazers? Well, I know they're not in the Bay. I know Dame Lillard being from the Bay right now. They're singing the theme song, "The Full House." Everywhere you look is a heart and a hand to hold on to because you have everybody back. This is what you've been waiting for for Portland since some of the unfortunate injuries in the playoffs with Nurkic and then Collins. Uh, you have the full cast back. Um, to your point with Gary Trent, he has been hot, averaging 20.3 points off the bench. He's made 22 threes since being in the bubble going into today's game. And the Blazers host a boast an 164 offensive rating when he is on the floor. And one of the things I really love from Gary Trent off the bench is his defensive effort that he's been giving, which is going to be a running theme for me because the Pels didn't have it. Uh, I loved, you know, the confidence that he's playing with right now. And that's what I see when I watch him on the court right now. He's a very confident player, uh, like Dame, which obviously Dame sets the tone uh, for confidence, you know, whether he's making shots or not on that team. And that is a testament of the great leader that he is. And it trickles down to everybody because regardless if they're hitting shots or not, the ball is still finding uh, these players. Um, their, t- their team really is trusting each other. They're playing better on the defensive end, giving a lot of effort. They're not known to be a- as a great defensive team in Portland, but I love the effort that they're playing with. So I think that drive and that sense of urgency that they're playing with, unlike uh, New Orleans Pelicans or Sacramento Kings, who are pretty much eliminated from um, 
playoff contention at this point. Uh, what they're seeing right now because of the leader and because of their experience in the playoffs before, um, I think it's really going to bode well for them. And I give them the nod over Memphis at this point. Uh, the remaining games for the Portland Trail Blazers is Philly currently right now, as you said, Dallas on Tuesday, and then Blue. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Brooklyn uh, later in the week, so I see... Obviously, two tough matchups uh, today and uh, Tuesday, and then obviously Brooklyn going into the play-in game when they have to play Memphis if things hold up. Uh, I, I I really like Portland. I really like Portland, um, and I, I think Dame Time will have a have his time to you know rise again and uh, prove the naysayers wrong, even though if it was just one game, one moment. And I just want to throw out, I think it was it was weak for Pat Bev to not even be in the game and be the one, you know, egging this on. But who? what else would you expect from the uh, Black Air Force One's uh, spokesperson in Pat Bev, who's just a junkyard dog, and will do anything to get into his opponent's head? And that's just Pat Bev. And I think it adds a little something there. And even if they don't see them in the playoffs, or they might, who knows? We don't know how it's going to shake out. Obviously, if they do get into the playoffs, they'll have to play the Lakers, and that is a tall order itself. But will that drive them? I am really excited to see how Dame is going to bounce back and the remaining games to see what Portland can do uh, because it's going to be a lot of very interesting matchups to look at if they were to beat Memphis and have to play the Lakers first round with the guards that the Portland Trailblazers have and the lack of guards that the Lakers have. Um, Very, very interesting matchup to watch and then see how Nurkic, who has been playing great, and Collins, who is back, uh, Whiteside in that second unit, uh, how those post players fare against the – the trio of A.D., uh, McGee, and uh, Dwight Howard in the post, uh, and as well as LeBron James, who could play both on the perimeter and the post. So it's going to be it's going to be fun to see. Uh, they're now the team that I'm going to be keeping a close eye on now that the Pelicans are out. Uh, so I'm looking forward to some Dame time and continue to see C.J. McCollum, who played great in the playoffs last year, um, continue to prove that he is – Definitely a top 10 shooting guard in this league, uh, but trying to pressure more, um, given the current situation and circumstance he's in, playing alongside of Dame Willard. So it's been very, very impressive to see them uh, play in the bubble nonetheless, along with the Phoenix Suns as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, very briefly, definitely the Phoenix Suns. They have been rightfully so in Fuego, more specifically Devin Booker. He's been playing very, very well. Uh, you know, their remaining games are the 76ers and uh, the Mavericks, and they have the Thunder tomorrow. So they're definitely trying to make uh, a location themselves sneak in here to this playoff game. So we'll see what the Blazers are able to do to kind of stymie that. But you definitely got to like uh, how Devin Booker has been playing. And clearly Draymond Green likes it. He likes it so much he was willing to tamper and uh, got that $50,000 fine. But, hey, Draymond Green didn't have no problems with that. That's, that's apparently pocket change to uh, old money green. So. We'll we'll see what we'll see what happens with the with the Phoenix Suns, um, not only for the remainder of the season, but for the remainder of Devin Booker's tenure in in Phoenix. Because I 
I mean, I'm not going to say that I think Devin Booker's leaving anytime soon, but we, we will definitely see in Phoenix is not necessarily the most stable of franchises. Cold like Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's where his boys are. So, I mean, who knows? Uh, if you believe in the concept of speaking it into existence, they have definitely done their best uh, to get that ball rolling. So we'll kind of see where that goes. Uh, working our way up. Last night, Dallas Mavericks had a very, very impressive performance against uh, who many people had as, I mean, many people probably still have as potential title favorites. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, they, they ended up beating them in overtime off a, a career performance from Luka Doncic. They won 136 to 132. And Doncic had 36 points, 14 rebounds, and 19 assists. I mean, whew. his play down the stretch last night was incredible. I can't understate that enough. Uh that pass to end the game, that behind-the-leg pass to Maxi Kleba on a dunk and oh, one uh, as he's uh, streaking to the basket. That's just – I mean, that's beautiful basketball right there. You really got to love what he's doing. A guy who's so young, um, playing the way that he is, sharing the ball, empowering his teammates, taking over the game when he needs to. I mean, he just he, – he's, he's different. Uh, and to be as young as he is, 21 and leading the league in triple-doubles this season, I mean – He's doing things that are unprecedented, and I definitely look forward to seeing where his career goes. The Dallas Mavericks have all the promise in the world. I mean, the sky's really the limit for them in their franchise. And Luca, I mean, I can't talk about enough. He's he led he's second in the league in stepbacks this season with 298 uh, stepback uh, shot attempts. Um, Harden, of course, I'm sorry, makes uh, Harden, of course, had 400 plus, which unsurprising. I mean, he is is the king of of the step back, but Surprisingly, I think uh, an interesting statistic was Luka Doncic actually, out of 25 players, was 22nd um, as far as the successful attempts on a step-back jumper. Um, interesting, interesting given the volume, 298 attempts. Interesting to, to see that he's actually near the bottom because um, that's kind of his signature shot now. But you see teams, and you kind of saw it late in the game, how Milwaukee continued to try to almost bait him into taking that shot, which is not necessarily a high efficiency shot. And I think teams like Milwaukee who really pride themselves on uh, basketball efficiency, as far as their meter for success, uh, try to take that to their advantage. Uh, Unfortunately, they did not game plan for the strategic uh, versatility of Luka Doncic as a basketball mind um, and and his ability to win the game down the stretch, especially high level games. So can't give enough credit to him. Uh, with with that being said, I mean, he, he is bringing incredibly high expectations to that Dallas franchise. I mean, to the NBA overall. I mean, this is a guy who's probably going to make, you know, first team all NBA who had a legitimate consideration for an MVP this season. Uh, so credit to the Dallas Mavericks. There's going to be growing pains, of course, but the whole team is young. So at least they're going through it together. Uh, and I definitely think that they have a lot to look forward to. Uh, and I know this has been a whole tangent about Luka Doncic, but I also just want to give him a massive amount of credit. He was in consideration for MIP. Uh, and he actually said it shouldn't be me. It should be Devontae Graham, who is a guy a lot of us who are really fan, uh, fond of fantasy definitely know how well Devontae Graham played this season. He's really been balling. I mean, balling absolutely insane. We're talking about a guy who went from averaging four points a game to averaging almost 20 this season. So give credit where credit's due. I think leaders lead. And Luka is leading a conversation not only for himself, but for or another guy in the league, guy who's not even in the bubble, and I think that that just speaks to to his leadership both on and off the court. 
I, I definitely echo that sentiment. Luca is playing, you know, out of his mind, and we're not surprised. I mean, when you have been a pro since 13, 14 years old, and I love how Van Gundy on the ESPN broadcast make it seem like, oh, he was just outfitting for himself. Uh, but he did clarify his mom was with him uh, when he was at Real Madrid, obviously, and working his way up in the professional ranks in Europe. But to be a professional that young and to know how to be a pro and lead teams um, into big games um, in Europe. And now it's translating into a different league, a little more, you know, a faster, a faster league, uh, more athletically compared to Europe. But um, and but in Europe, I know from people who have played overseas, it's a very physical style of basketball. So to just continue to see how he's physically, you know, maturing along with the skill that he has, it's just scary because the sky is the limit with him. And I know, you know, me covering the Atlanta Hawks, um, it's hard for them not to ooh and ah at Luka because they almost had him. But, I mean, rightfully so, 19 assists last night. And with KP fouling out, who has played great as well, um, and, it's, and he's look, looking really good, uh, shooting well from the three-point line, uh, getting rebounds. He should have a double-double every game. Uh, he's continued. To, he's going to continue to round in the form, uh, but him fouling out and then Giannis fouling out, it was you know natural for the you know the reigning MVP to be out and the MVP candidate and Luca to really just lead the charge um, in the fourth quarter in overtime in a measuring stick win game against the Bucks. Uh, so it was very. It was a very very impressive win. Uh, the they the Bucks pulled out all the stops to try to win that game. And I think that is just a confidence boost for Luca himself, who doesn't need any more confidence, and uh, <laughs> rightfully so. He's already great as is. But just for the rest of that team, the rest of that roster, with them being so young and growing into the team that they want to become into the future, and a team that the eye, a team that the NBA will have their eyes on, you know, for years to come. Uh, with two franchise players already in place and a, a, and a host of great young role players uh, who Luca can just help initiate their offense with his creativity, with his ball handling. And I just, just like what you said, like the step back and how they dared him to take that shot. I think at that point, analytics is out the door. and You just got to just get on him, just get on him. But with that being said, as a six, seven guard who could play in the post as well is going to take a special person to guard Luca. so uh, just like you said there's not a whole lot of people equipped to stop uh, Giannis I think there's a little bit more people equipped to stop Luca, but no one has done it yet so it's going to be really really excited to see them going forward and I know that even though they are the seventh seed in the west my confidence rating for them is a 6.3 out of 10 uh, they do go against the Clippers first round if it were to end today, and I know that's a very, very tough matchup. It will be fun to watch and see, you know, how they stack up against the Clippers team, who, in my opinion, are the favorites to win the West um, and to get to the NBA final, Finals. Uh, so let's see how they continue to do in the bubble. But man, and again, to your point about uh, him. You know, shouting out Devontae Graham in uh, the most improved player candidate. Like you said, it speaks volumes to him as a leader and just as a person. Uh, just the joy that he plays the game with and how hard he plays plays the game. And then the flash and flair and the showman that he is. Uh, definitely, you know, he watched a lot of European soccer. Uh, and, they, and they, you know, pride themselves on that as well. So I love seeing that international flair showmanship here in the NBA 
in Dallas, Big D, uh, you know, where they replaced Dirk with another European superstar, um, along with KP to ride out, you know, their franchise, hopefully for the next 10 plus years. Yeah, the Dallas Mavericks have a lot to look forward to. Uh, They're definitely bright things on the horizon. This would be a great time for me to tell you that support for Hootball is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They obsess over their technology development to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Now, I think we've all had one of those situations and circumstances, or maybe not us personally, but you know, we know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who had a pretty uh, horrific accident while trying to do a little bit of routine maintenance, uh, if you know what I'm saying. Well, Manscaped has got you covered. That's why they have their redesigned electric trimmer, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. Now, their engineering team spent about 18 months perfecting this as one of the, if not the, singular greatest hair trimmer ever created. Lawnmower 3.0, okay? State-of-the-art, people. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce those horrific accidents you were so prone to before with all your temporary and disposable razors yuck get rid of here thanks to manscapes advanced skin safe technology those horrendous days are an issue of the past when i tell you this is premium i mean premium the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can shave longer but i really hope it will never take you 90 minutes Their water-resistant technology also allows you to groom in the shower. Hey, keep it going, people. You can shave wherever you need to. Just make sure that the doors are closed and there's not any children around. We'd hate for you to scare somebody. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates the grooming areas for a closer, more precise trim. That's right. Let it shine. Put that light down there where the sun don't shine. (laughs) Or don't. You can keep the light off. Either way, just make sure that you're okay. Make sure you're careful down there. Um, one of the best things about this new Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is the fact that they have upgraded it to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology, okay? So it doesn't sound like a lawnmower, but it performs like one. And let's not forget about the charging stand, state of the art, okay? Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me right now, I want you to experience it firsthand. Maybe even use two hands if you need to. Just be careful. And also make sure you get your 20% off plus free shipping with the code BRUSKI at manscaped.com. Again, I'm going to tell you, 20% off and free shipping and a better, cleaner you with the code BRUSKI, B-R-U-S-K-I, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BRUSKI. All right, getting back in the hoops. Uh, as we kind of look through the Western Conference here, in the more upper tiers of it, right now it's a real log jam, three through six. We got the Nuggets, the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Jazz all jockeying for position. You know, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not too crazy about the Jazz. I'm a big fan of Donovan Mitchell, but I don't put a whole lot of stock into the Jazz and their postseason aspirations. Uh, I think the loss of Bohan Bogdanovich is, is, is pretty big. Um, so we'll see how that ends up playing out for them. Uh, also, I like the Thunder, but again, I think even though Chris Paul really played some MVP caliber basketball this season, and I really love the development and ascension of SGA as a player, uh, as a playmaking guard in this league, I just don't see a whole lot of real merit for them to make a deep postseason run. I think that they're definitely one of the safer bets as far as a team who's going to come out and perform at a high level, um, really play some competitive basketball regardless of who they draw in the playoffs. 
So that's definitely to their credit, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to put a whole lot of chips on that table. And then when it comes to the Denver Nuggets who are currently sitting at the three seed, they had an impressive performance to win that game uh, against the aforementioned jazz. However, the Nuggets, uh, I just don't see again, I'm just not bought in. I love Jokic. I love Murray. Again, another wild cow. Shout him out all day. But I'm just not buying in on the Nuggets. I don't see the gold mine, if you will, that that should be their roster. And while MPJ has really shown some flashes and looked really, really promising, Bol Bol has been, been a fun topic. Um, and like I said, Jokic is an MVP, MVP caliber player. They just don't have that culmination of talent that makes me say, Wow, this is a this is a real title contender. Um, could they make some noise in the playoffs? Of course. Will they get some? Will they get some like quality wins? I have no doubts about that. But I definitely would be more than surprised to see them in the Western Conference Finals. And I don't think anybody's going to be going to be expecting to see them there. Uh, so I guess really the the team that is interesting to me in that log jam would be the Houston Rockets, currently sitting at the four seed. Uh, should they remain the four seed? Very possible that the Lakers would have to go through Portland and then also through Houston. Um, so that's very, very interesting to think about that draw when you think about the Lakers' lack of uh, perimeter defense for guard uh, for guard play right now. But focusing on Houston, you really do got to appreciate their style of play uh, and how all of their guys are so switchable. Uh, their small ball lineup is really, really impressive. P.J. Tucker has been absolutely I mean, instrumental in what they've been able to do with their lack of a true rim protector. Uh, he's been guarding guys of all shapes and sizes and has been really giving them trouble. So you really got to like what he's doing. Uh, and you saw what they were able to do to Milwaukee. They really gave them fits. P.J. Tucker with Dean Giannis up, stripping the ball. Uh, they have a lot of guys who just make high caliber winning plays. And while they don't necessarily have a team defensive scheme, I don't think that they really need one when all the guys that you put on your on the floor out there all the guys that you have on your roster more or less are true defenders um i mean even daniel house who is a lesser known guy is not afraid to guard and does you know you got macklemore coming off the bench not afraid to guard you, you definitely wonder what they're going to do as far as playmaking with the loss of eric gordon but when you have two dynamic guards like russell westbrook and james harden with such offensive gravitas i mean there there are bigger things that you could be worried about so Personally, I, I really like the Houston Rockets as a as a as a dark horse here to come to come out of the West uh, because James Harden is, I mean, I think besides KD, James Harden is one of the greatest offensive players to ever play the game, and especially in the game right now, he uh, he's a walking bucket. So you, you really got to wonder what that looks like in a seven game series against anybody, let alone potentially a team who does not have an NBA start an NBA caliber guard starting guard on the roster right now potentially in the los angeles lakers what are your thoughts about the the houston rockets and kind of that log jam three through six in the west right now so interesting enough uh when you talk about the houston rockets and their playoff path as of right now as the four seed uh they would have to play okc right now if it were if this log jam were to be as it is today uh, they would play OKC, which, which I favor them in a matchup, and like you alluded to, a very interesting matchup against the Lakers, potentially in, in the second round uh, of the Western Conference playoffs. And like you said, the guard play 
and I know that I, I've said this before, the guard play of the Lakers compared to a lot of other teams in the West is just it's not there. And that's just because of, you know, the, the acquisitions that they acquired and the injuries, unfortunately, uh, not having, you know, Rondo and not having A.B. Bradley is hurting them. And I think it would be a, a little bit of a different story if they had all the bullets in the chamber. But as we stand, I think Houston um, has a little bit more of a shot to make things interesting against the Lakers um, if a playoff series um, were to occur. And just like I alluded to earlier with down in Miami, everybody bought into that system. Um, obviously, the decisions that uh, Daryl Morey has made with the roster in Houston and the style of play and working with D'Antoni and looking at the numbers and the analytics, they it's safe to say that they're bought into the, to the system. And I'm glad that everyone else has bought into the system as well because they're playing outstanding team basketball. And I think the stoppage of play really helped them, especially um, as they started this lineup. They just traded Capella not too long from when the stoppage play occurred. Uh, you have time off for everybody to get healthy. You come, you have a little training camp and so to get ready for this bubble play. And it's looking great and it's effective. And a lot of people have not been able to scheme against it yet. And a playoff series that may, that may change and, the big bodies in the Lakers could take an advantage. And I think ultimately in a series, the Lakers could overtake them because of that. Uh, just being a series and you're able to look at matchups and really key in and they can't play like this. So it's essentially like the regular season and hopefully not the mantra that is normal with the Houston Rockets team. Great regular season and a relatively early playoff exit. But I can kind of foresee that um, if a team were able to game plan for them for a seven game series. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, to your point, their their lack of a of a true of a true post defender is something that I think will be a more serious issue when they go against a guy like Anthony Davis, who is an otherworldly post player uh, who can also stretch the floor with his perimeter play. So they definitely have some some questions to answer there, but. But P.J. Tucker, you're absolutely right, has been playing great, and he's been playing really good defense. Uh, I watched him a couple games in the bubble. Obviously, there's a lot of games in the bubble. And um, he has held up and obviously hitting that illustrious corner three that he does uh, provide for the Houston Rockets. So it is – and it's a stress to the to a big man. Um, obviously, the mismatch is there when he is guarding them. But when they're on the defensive end – he, they're going to have to cover from the paint all the way out to the three-point line with him, and that can get them, you know, tired and fatigued early, especially with lack of conditioning, uh, you know, being a factor here in the bubble. So it's very interesting, very interesting, and the small ball uh, lineup is working for Houston right now. And so I know for me, my confidence rating for them is 6.9 out of 10 uh, for them to – make a run into the playoffs. But I, like I said, going up against the Lakers, uh, be interesting to see. And that'd be a very entertaining series. Nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. Whoever, I mean, truly whoever they draw, is going to be an entertaining series. Cause anytime you've seen James Harden take the floor, uh, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Maybe not on the defensive end, but definitely offensively. Um, so he's been playing, he's been playing hard on the defensive end um, in the bubble. I've seen him compete a little bit more here in the bubble on the defensive end, especially when we talk about the game um, a couple games ago where we had six steals. Uh, he's uh, it, he's definitely given effort, and the team is really bought in. And they're you know, although they're undersized, they're going to get out rebounded. They still compete, 
And that's just another thing like Miami, like Portland, like in, in the Clippers as well, and the Lakers as well. All the top teams are still competing, which is what I like to see. Some people have to come out for low management and whatnot, and we understand that for a grand scheme of things. But everyone has been competing. So that's been one great thing across the board, and it speaks to you know, the parody that's now in the league with the movement from the offseason. So it's and this bubble is just a wonderful opportunity just to kind of just see how things have even out in, in the league um, with all the movement. But still, there's still that upper echelon um, that we deem as the favorites, like the Clippers, the Lakers and the Bucks and our dark horses, obviously, Boston and Toronto or well, Toronto, obviously being reigning uh, champs uh, still being there in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. And definitely another team in the mix, of course, is the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, briefly, I mean, of course, we know all the variants that their rosters had between uh, coronavirus-related absences, uh, personal absences, and then, of course, the whole hot wing debacle. But outside of all those situations, uh, there are some questions looming about the Clippers um, as far as their roster construction. I think the one thing that is sure as far as roster construction goes, they're the best set team defensively for LeBron James um, and more or less for the, for the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't think there's really anybody that can guard Anthony Davis, but they do not have a true big. They do have a bunch of switchable bodies. They can throw at AD just as they can throw at LeBron. So you have to give them credit where credit's due there. They have a lot of defensive minded players, uh, strong defensive identity, but you do have to wonder about, you know, the health of guys is playoff PG going to show up. Uh, is Kawhi going to be available and ready to go for every single game, uh, especially in the playoffs. So questions loom uh, about the Clippers, but again, they were my pick. Uh, they're still my pick. I really have a hard time, uh, like I said, with the with the loss of Avery Bradley from the Lakers uh, roster, I have a hard time really buying into them being able to duke it out with a team that has so many strong perimeter players. Uh, but there are some questions. What has your opinion at all shifted about the Los Angeles Clippers? No, I'm still pretty firm on them as my favorites. Uh, just as, like I said, if the playoffs were to be today, them being the two seed going up against the Dallas Mavericks, obviously Luka playing at the MVP level, KP and the whole gang down in uh, D-Town, and been playing great, obviously, in the bubble. But their record in the regular season, 3-0 and against Dallas. So they've, they've handled their business against Dallas. I think it would be an entertaining series. But just the depth in the roster that the Clippers have, uh, I think will overtake the Dallas Mavericks and then a potential Utah-Denver matchup in the next round. And I think the Clippers are the, are the favorite no matter who they play, even with the talent on that Denver roster. Uh, it'd be more interesting with Denver, but still I put the Clippers there. So just their route itself lends for them to get to the Western Conference Finals uh, where they will see probably the Lakers um, if or, or the Houston Rockets if things get interesting um, or anything else get interesting. But I think their path to the Western Conference is fi Finals is a little bit easier, and therefore I see them getting to the Finals. Uh, so they're... My confidence rating for them nine point two out of ten. I'm just I'm very confident in them. They're my favorite, uh, just from their pure path, uh, the roster they have. Uh, Doc obviously having the championship pedigree uh, and trying and and, they, and as you saw, even with uh, Pat Bev not playing uh, and Kawhi obviously sitting out that game against the Blazers, uh, they were competing. They were jaw jacking, and I and I think they they have a, a chip on their shoulder, especially losing to the Lakers uh, opening night with everybody's eyes watching them. Um, 
they they know that they got a jail. They know that it's playoff time, and I think they're really gearing up for a run uh, men, men, mentally. And I think uh, the Clippers are priming themselves, just as everybody is in their own way. But I think they're priming themselves with a purpose to try to snack that uh, NBA title this year. Yeah, I definitely think that they have their eyes on the title. Um, Doc Rivers, of course, I mean, can't say it enough, but Hall of Fame coach. They have high-caliber NBA players. They have elite-level defenders and Paul George and Kawhi. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George are both NBA superstars. They have a lot of names on their roster. Pat Bev, they have Lou Will, Montrezarell. They have a bunch of guys, Landry Shamit. They have the they have the requisite personnel, so you definitely have to like I mean, top to bottom, everything. They check all the boxes, like you said. So I'm still rolling with them as my heavy favorite here. Uh, I, I really, really hope that we get a Los Angeles showdown in the Western Conference Finals. I would love nothing more. Yes, uh, yes, Give yes. the people what they want, you know, yes. absolutely. So fingers crossed on that one because it would definitely be a, a Get your popcorn ready. Get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. <laughs> Well, and speaking of show, uh, that brings me to the last team, the Lake Show. You know, I think that without question, they are probably the most interesting team uh, in the bubble here as far as what's going to happen because they have, I mean, they are a very, very real title favorite. I think LeBron James has by far the best teammate he's ever had. No distance to Kyrie Irving or Dwayne Wade, uh, but Anthony Davis as far as an athletic oh, no doubt. No physical doubt. specimen. I mean, he is just... Yeah, it, it's just he, he's different. Um, I miss so, him. <laughs> well, I know you do. I know you do. The city of Los Angeles thanks you. Uh, but enjoy it. Enjoy it. <laughs> it's it's it goes without saying that. I mean, the Lakers. The Lakers have the superstar power that you need to win an NBA championship, and you can never count against LeBron James. At least you shouldn't. You should have learned by, about that by now. But the loss of Avery Bradley. You cannot overrate the significance of that. Uh, he was their primary point guard defender. You don't have play, you don't have Rondo right now. Uh, when he does come back, he's going to have to work his way into playoff action because the playoffs will be well underway. Um, so, how much can you really depend on him? Also, how much should you really depend on him as you know one of your primary defenders on on um, on the perimeter for the ball handlers that you're going to potentially run into in CJ McCollum and a Damian Lillard or Russ Westbrook, uh, James Harden. So, LeBron is going to. LeBron is going to be tested, uh, and I think he's up for the challenge. We saw the incredible stop he did against Paul George and then Kawhi Leonard back-to-back uh, to seal that win on opening night. So, again, you're never going to question what LeBron James can do on either end of the floor. I mean, he's one of the greatest of all time for a reason. Uh, but I think Danny Green is going to be a huge factor in this, which is a role that he's very familiar with. You know, They're going to need his perimeter defense. They're going to need his three-point shooting to help space that floor with a lot of unproven guys like Caruso and Kuzma really getting their first shot at you know what is going to be a big stage. So I, I look to see what the Lakers do. Uh, I look to see how they kind of solidify their team as they head into this playoff uh this playoff run that they look to be a very very long one uh, and ultimately culminate in a western conference finals and an nba finals in appearance uh, i really hope that we get to see we get to see the, the lakers back i mean we've seen them with, with them clinching the number one seed overall in the west we've seen them kind of retake the mantle as one of the nba's flagship franchises and you really have to love that especially in a year that's been especially hard for lakers fans and hard for Fans like myself personally, who I mean, with the loss of Kobe Bryant, which I mean, it's just an unspeakable loss to the basketball community. So I like that the Lakers have been able to do what they did this season. So I give them all the credit in the world. Um, 
What are your thoughts about that? What are your thoughts about the Lakers? When I talk about, you know, balling with a purpose, like I said earlier, I think the Lakers definitely have that. They have that motivation. Obviously, like you said, with the tra- tragic uh, passing of Kobe being Bryant uh, earlier this year, um, I know that each a lot of people have taken that for inspiration um, and even uh, people doing regular jobs. Um, you know, find inspiration in the mama mentality. And I think the Lakers uh, will in, have that spirit to play in the, uh, to get to the final, uh, to the Western Conference finals, definitely. Uh, and like you said, Danny Green just winning last year in Toronto and obviously winning um, m- multiple times uh, with the Spurs. Uh, he's been in these situations. Uh, you talk about mid- that mentorship with the young guys on the team. Uh, um, I would love for him to just continue to encourage and build up Kuzma uh, to continue to take those shots, uh, continue to give effort on the uh, defensive end. And I know he's already, already a really good rebounder, um, but just to continue to just work because I think, as you said, Danny Green will play a big role. I think Kuzma will play a big role as well. Um, and as well as the other role players, uh, Caruso's and all those, uh, Dwight Howard's, they're all going to find they're all going to find time to step up and play. Especially Dwight Howard, obviously go, getting to an NBA Finals, uh, having an appearance, and unfortunately running into Kobe Bryant, uh, uh, as, as we mentioned before. Uh, but still having that, having people with experience. On that roster, they have the. I know they don't have all the chess pieces, but they have a lot of chess pieces to advance uh, and to, like you said, get potentially get LeBron back to the finals because it would be great to see AD in the NBA final and have success in the playoffs. Um, obviously, we can never count out the king. The king will always have something to say, and uh, he has definitely been speaking in his play as he's been definitely trying to get everybody else uh, revved up for playoff play. Um, so this, I'm really excited to see what the Lakers can do. And I'm like you said, I'm praying for the Battle of L.A., praying for the Battle of L.A. Because popcorn, just like T.O. said, get that popcorn ready, man. Get that popcorn ready. And I'm going to eat it all up. Uh, and, we're, and hopefully all NBA fans will get to eat up the chance to see the Battle of L.A. in the Western Conference Final to see who will take it home this year um, for the NBA Finals. Yeah, no, I'd definitely love to see that matchup. I'm sure everybody would. So, fingers crossed. Let's hope that we can get that done. And, you know, I do want to, not to end on a controversial note, but to your point about what you said, um, you know, LeBron, we would love to see LeBron get into the finals. And there has been narratives, quote-unquote narratives around him saying, you know, that he couldn't get it done or he wouldn't be able to do it in the West. And, you know, in the past, LeBron has said it didn't really matter what team he was on. He just needed to get into the playoffs. And, Clearly, that's very true, and I think that him being paired up with Anthony Davis is as dangerous as a playoff matchup that any team could draw, so you definitely do not underestimate him. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that there is some validity and truth to those people in the sports commentary world, to those of us who did say that, I mean, he would not have been able to do what he has done were he in the Western Conference. and. Personally, I don't think that's controversial, and I think it's not controversial simply because of the fact that if you take that Cleveland Cavaliers team and put them in the quote-unquote Western Conference, which is what you would do in this hypothetical, they would not have been able to go to the finals because they would have lost three times at a minimum to the Golden State Warriors. You know That doesn't take away from LeBron at all, but I think that there's two separate narratives floating around, and one of them has some validity to it, and the other one is just a flat-out lie because anyone who ever said that LeBron wouldn't be able to get it done I don't know what it might be, but if you check his resume, he, he's done a little bit of everything. So I think it's beyond saying um, that one of the greatest of all times, if not one, one A, I mean, unquestionably. So 
got to give credit where credit is due there. Mm. And it doesn't hurt that you have a person who can drop 50 and score from each level from the field in Anthony Davis and is a defensive uh, player of the year candidate. That helps a lot. So he, even though he lost some bullets in the chamber, uh, that's a, that's a bazooka coming out onto the, uh, on the field. That's a bazooka right there. No, you were right about that. So I know that they're going to let the shots fly and we're going to get some, we're going to get some serious highlights. So I'm really, really excited. Glad that the NBA is back. Speaking of back, uh, I appreciate everybody for coming back and tuning in with us for another episode here at Box Score Breakdown. We got plenty more content coming at you. Uh, Brad, is there anything you're working on for the network right now or projects you got cooking? So we are still in development of Hoopball Hawks uh, that will cover everything Atlanta Hawks. And I know that on this broadcast we gave Lucas flowers and I know some Atlanta Hawks fans may may still kind of you know feel some type of way about that. But you know what? This podcast, Hoopball Hawks, is going to cover our bright future with the Atlanta Hawks with Trey Youngs, John Collins, Capella, uh, Hoyter, and Cam Reddish, uh, as well as DeAndre Hunter. So we have a whole cast of people to be really excited about. So this podcast will cover everything from game-by-game analysis, fantasy implications, forecasting, the rumor mill, breaking news, training camp development, all the goods regarding the Atlanta Hawks. So check us out on Twitter at Hawks. Look out for that as well as our show, which will be running up here in about a week or two. So just be on the lookout for that. And I thank you again, David, for having me on the podcast today. Oh, always, man. Absolutely a pleasure. And definitely thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, we love to we love to, to hype up all of our our Hootball affiliates and all of our other network representatives out there. So as the Hootball Hawks prepares to take flight, definitely give them a listen, uh, give them a follow and check us out. We're on all the social media pages, uh, Instagram or on all the podcast apps, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you can find us. And tune in later this week for another episode of Your Box Score Breakdown. Brad, thank you. God bless you. Appreciate you hopping on the pod with us. Thank you to all our listeners out there. Hootball family. We'll talk to you soon. This has been a Hoopball presentation. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.